Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, September 24th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Chiefs today. The show started as a Sports Beat Live with Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian, and Herbie Teope, and we covered much ground, most of it on the defensive side, as you might imagine. What are the problems and fixes the Chiefs can make coming off the gut-wrenching loss in Baltimore and looking ahead to Sunday's home contest against the L.A. Chargers? And toward the end, a member of the audience, Joy, becomes our voice of reason. So let's get started talking Chiefs. Hey, good morning from Kansas City. Welcome to Sportsbeat Live, where we talk Chiefs with the folks who cover the team for the star and with you. Please send us your questions and comments and join in the discussion. There is plenty to talk about with the Chiefs. Let's welcome in our distinguished panel. Herbie Teope is here. So is Sam Mellinger and Bahe Gregorian. Good morning, gentlemen. Say hi to me too, Blair. Did I did I leave you out? <laughs> no, you said gentlemen. <laughs> Bahe, you're a scholar and a gentleman, so um, that's why that's why you you don't you, you don't fall under just one category here you are you are several so hey listen it's our first friday show we're going to see how it works out on fridays and this way listen we get um we we get to hear the assistant coaches on thursday and talk about what they had to say and i thought that was pretty significant this week we'll talk we'll get into that in just a moment and i hope you will those of us who those of you who have been following us on thursdays uh, we'll now shift over to Fridays and catch us here at 9.30 each Friday morning. And uh, we will, uh, we'll talk Chiefs with you. So, Herbie, let's start where we always do. Uh, you know, the injuries, it's a um, pretty, pretty light injury report. There is uh, all 53 expected to be available, I think, for Sunday's game against Chargers, Correct. Correct. And I think like, for you know, shifting to Friday, at least we also get the benefit of two days of practice. Uh, the one name that appeared on the injury report yesterday that was not on Wednesday's report is Frank Clark. Uh, he was limited in practice on Thursday with the hamstring injury again. Uh, he practiced fully on Wednesday. So I'm curious to know if this is a setback or if the Chiefs decided to pull back. Uh, but as, as y'all recall, he was dealing with the hamstring injury all through training camp, missed all three preseason games, did not play in the season opener, made his return last week, and now the hamstring injury pops up on the injury report again. So we'll, we'll probably definitely have to monitor this on Friday. And then Chris Jones was also limited uh, with a wrist injury, but I think he's going to be fine to play. Okay, so injuries, no excuse for the Chiefs against the Ravens last weekend, uh, Tyron Matthew played and, you know, had a couple of big time plays in that game. And Frank Clark made his season debut in that game and by all measures did not play well. So the chiefs can't use injuries, missing players uh, as an excuse. Um, so I thought, uh, when I was thinking about, you know, a theme for this show, like the show needs a theme, right? Um, uh, uh, but, but, but one thing I was thinking about was, you know, of, of all the things that created the problems that caused problems for the Chiefs in Baltimore on Sunday, some seem more fixable than others. And by that, I mean uh, the turnovers 
that they, you know, that that they had in the second half, the the interception by Mahomes and the fumble by Edwards Hilaire, terrible plays, terrible decision by Mahomes, and just you know bad offensive line play and ball security in in the, that uh, caused the fumble late in the game. Totally fixable, right? You concentrate better. You learn from your mistakes. When it comes to the problems they had on defense, and they've had on defense for two games, I, I'm not sure there's a, a quick fix for that. Uh, we, our, our producer, Candy Bolton, and I were trying to find the audio from, uh, from yesterday's press conference where Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator, was, uh, was, took the podium, and we couldn't find it. It's not posted on, on the Chiefs' website. I think it's because Spagnolo talked for so long that it, it, you know, there was just no room on the internet for a copy of Spagnolo's uh, his, his introduction. You know, before he took a question, was two minutes long. So, Bahe, I know you wrote, uh, you, you've written about that. It's already appeared in the uh, the Star's new morning sports section. I, had, I enjoyed reading that this morning. Um, I, I was struck by not only the length of Spagnolo's comments but his um you know, his demeanor he just he seemed to be a fired up defensive coordinator when he when he spoke yesterday yeah he really did and and you could say he did a better job anticipating the questions that were coming than the defense did anticipating what the ravens were going to do last week because he he really did kind of preemptively uh hit on a lot of the issues that were going to be brought up and and naturally you don't expect that um he's going to going to tell you the strategy or how they're going to fix it and look some of these things are going to be more reasonable to try to fix than others but I did get thinking yesterday as I was uh heading out there that we saw a little bit of this um the potential to change things and make things better in 2019 right I mean that was different circumstances it was an entirely new defense his first year um all those sorts of things. So you knew that would be a work in progress. This is less explicable if that's actually a word. It, it doesn't make as much sense to me that they're as disjointed as they are. I get that they could use better parts. I get I get that there's some guys that are weaving in and, and you know, you've got the, the, the question of Chris Jones and all that. But one of the other numbers I came across that I thought was interesting, and it's sort of ancient history, but it's pertinent to Spag's um, – Resume is that year the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl with, you know, the Patriots had the highest scoring offense in NFL history and Spags designed the game plan to, to I think they sacked Brady five times and held the Patriots to 14 points. That defense gave up 80 points in the first two games of the season. Um, you know, and, and I bring that up less to say, oh, that's what's going to happen now. I mean, who knows what's going to happen now than to just make the point that it's, this isn't in a vacuum. It's not static. You either get better or get worse as the season goes. And he's had a little, you know, proclivity to uh, be able to make things better as the season goes. So I, I think it's reasonable to think they can make some things better. Um, but if you can't tackle, you're not going to uh, stop other teams. And it kind of just starts right there. No, for sure. That's that, that's one of the issues, right? With uh, with the Chiefs is is been the tackling. I think one of the is it is a Pro Football Focus one one of the um, grading outlets has the Chiefs missing twenty one tackles in the first two weeks, and there's a clear leader 
uh, individual leader on on that list. Um, they have uh, they've identified Dan Sorensen as uh, missing nine of them. They've identified so, him as a person of interest. <laughs> <laughs> that nine, by the way, guys, like there's nobody else in the league that has more than six. He's, he's like Barry Bonds in 2001. <laughs> Lap in the field. <laughs> yeah. So look, so look, so what are the problems? Uh, what, what have the problems been? I'll, I'll, I'll list them. Right, the, the tackling is, you know, is part of it. I, I think the linebacker plays been, you know, it, it just it's it's been slow. I mean, they've just been slow, slow to react and slow to get there. Um, the, the the this was supposed to be. We were we were excited in the preseason when the first team defense. Uh, was was playing really well, and we haven't seen that, especially up front. So it's it's two weeks' worth of evidence. They played two terrific running teams in the Cleveland Browns and, and Baltimore Ravens, uh, teams that do it a little bit differently. Of course, nobody does it like the Ravens because of Lamar Jackson. And, um, uh, and, and the team they're going to play Sunday in the Chargers, has had, they, they do not run the ball like, uh, like either of the first two opponents. So – is this is this going to get fixed this weekend, Herbie? Are we going to see, you know, just uh, the numbers going to be better just based on who they play? I would like to think it would be better. I mean, when you when you look at you you touched on it, that these first two teams are run heavy offenses, and when you look at the Chargers, when you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert who is more of a pocket guy, uh, and Austin Eckler is not a between the tackle type running back compared to what the Browns put on the field and, and especially with the Ravens. You'd like to think that there is going to be an uptick against the run, but you know, until the, the Chiefs are based in Missouri, so you know, show me, you know, you, you got to prove it. Uh, the, the other thing that's interesting when you mentioned Dan Sorensen, and because this is this is a subject that we touched on after the Ravens lost, why he was on the field so much, and, and Spags kind of confirmed it yesterday uh, during his press conference. They stayed in a base defense a lot, you know, on that four three, uh, in that. Uh, scenario in that formation, Sorensen tends to be the linebacker back there. He's the hybrid linebacker. So that, of course it makes sense that he, he would see more snaps, but you got to get Juan Thorne here on the field. You have to get him on the field. He's got the speed. And that, you know, when they talk about the linebackers, they're missing the speed element with Willie Gay, you know, good news for the Chiefs. He was actually on the practice field uh, on Thursday, kind of surprised all of us. He didn't have his helmet, but you know, he was out there going through stretching and that's a good sign He's eligible to come back next week. Being on the practice field on Thursday is a good sign that they are eyeing next week for his return, and he, he will certainly bolster that linebacker core. Sam, why do the Chiefs hate Juan Thornhill? <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm of two minds on this. Uh, the first is that uh, coaches make mistakes, uh, you know, and, and I'm not – None of this is meant to say that coaches are above reproach. But when it comes to these personnel things, I'm always a little bit hesitant to just go full blast right away because the amount of information that they have uh, compared to the amount of information that we have, it's, you know, it's no contest. They see practice. They, they know the assignments. They know all these other things. Um, and they are fully, without a doubt, motivated to put the best people on the field. So I don't think Steve Spagnuolo is stupid. Right. Like Dave Merritt, not stupid. Andy Reid, not like it's just like these guys know what they're doing. Uh, and so there must be something. 
but I said like I'm of two minds on this because <laughs> the other mind is like, what do we do? Like Dan Sorensen is not it. I mean, um, the tackling is just atrocious. And um, I, I didn't realize just watching that game live, um, I was like, man, everybody is missing tackles. And then you watch it again, and I didn't realize how many of those missed tackles were Dan Sorensen. And that that's just a major problem. I also don't think it's a total coincidence. Lamar Jackson threw two interceptions. Uh, Juan Thornhill was on the field for both of those and didn't make the interceptions, obviously. But I think that there's a case to be made that he's deep, he's covering. That forces Lamar Jackson to check down or, or go to a second read, um, ball through a tight window, and and you see what happens. I, I just, to me, I, I get my biggest thing too about Juan Thornhill yesterday is, I think he might be suffering like a confidence thing. Like I think that might be part of what's going on here, like the physical, and maybe now he's ready physically, but maybe not mentally from the knee. Um, and I don't think it helps to say to have the defensive coordinator and look, Steve Spagnuolo is really good at his job, but I don't think it helps to have the defensive coordinator say that um, basically that, that that playing Juan Thornhill more instead of Sorensen would be a panic move. That's not helpful if 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 there is a confidence problem. So I don't know on this one. Um, I think Juan Thornhill should be playing. I think he's a terrific talent. He's long. He's rangy. He's kind of a perfect complement, complement with an E to what um, Tyron Matthew does. I think he frees up Tyron in, in a lot of ways. Um, so I don't I don't understand this one at all. Um, I, I really don't. But they, they've got the information that we don't. So there must be something. But I, I don't get it. Two beautiful minds. <laughs> hey, I, I didn't realize that, that, uh, that that's a that's a good observation. Um, that sort that Thornhill was on the on the field for both of uh, Tyron Matthews' picks. That that is really interesting. And but uh, and he only played nine more snaps, right? Defensive snaps in the game. Right. He, only, he only had eleven. Um, yeah. I'm wondering in in the opener when they uh, when they beat the Cleveland Browns, you know, Thornhill played uh, the majority of snaps in that game because Tyron Matthew was not available because of his he was he was on the on the COVID list. And of course, through three quarters of that game, the Browns, uh, especially their, their 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 well their offense. I was going to say, especially their running game. But Baker Mayfield had a really good game as well, and they piled up the yards and piled up the points. and And I wondered if there was a bit of a panic move on the Chiefs. You know, we, you know, maybe they identified the wrong issue against the Browns and decided to. You know, go with their 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 more veteran players, which are you know, which which is Sorensen over over Thornhill against the Ravens, and uh, and, and look what you you know look what you ended up with, and and look this is a, the the Baltimore game is a game the Chiefs should have won anyway, right? Even with all the flaws on the on the defensive side, the missed tackles and um, and as well as Lamar Jackson played, the Chiefs were in prime position to win this game in a couple ways, right? Eleven point lead in the fourth quarter, a um, you know, the, 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 the silly fumble at, at the end, it maybe, you know, I, I know we heard it from more than one player and coach afterwards that, um, uh, that, you know, sometimes you need this kind of outcome to, uh, to, to jolt you into, you know, into some change and, uh, and maybe, maybe we'll see that Sunday with, um, you know, with, it, with, with the lineup on, on, on defense and the number of snaps that, that are distributed at that position. 
Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. If, if I may add something to what you said as well, Blair. Go ahead, Herbie. When you, when you mentioned that 11-point lead, I think we will all agree Patrick Mahomes is one of the NFL's top erasers. And when I say erasers, I'm talking about quarterbacks who can help erase defensive mistakes. You know, you guys like Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, back in his day, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, you know, even Drew Brees. But when your offense is having those turnovers, you know, that interception and then that fumble – now, all of a sudden, he cannot be that eraser because, you know, he's erasing the defensive mistakes. But that's the issue right now with this Chiefs team. You know, they're able to put up 30-plus points. They, they should win the game. But when you've got mistakes on both sides, that, that, that really killed them against the Ravens. All right, I'm back. Um, one thing that the, the Chiefs should expect to see the Browns and the Ravens in the playoffs. So this isn't like a problem that just goes away. And um, Chris Jones – as good as he was in the second half against the Browns, that was a nightmare for him on Sunday night against the Ravens. He was just exposed. Like he's never been a good run defender. Um, that was actually kind of some of the hesitant, you know, part of the, the contract back and forth. Um, he's just not a good run defender. And I think that he's being exposed even further uh, when he's there on the edge. I mean, he was just getting run by, he was getting sucked into the middle, and then they go around him on the edge. I mean, it was that was a nightmare. So he's got to, and I I think that this is a relatively easy, not easy, but kind of simple fix in that Chris Jones wants to play on the edge. So there's a lot of incentive here that that Spags and those guys can say, like, look, you want to be here to, to, to rush the passer, you're going to have to help us out with, you know, gap assignments and stuff like that. So that some of that fixes. Willie Gay, I think, will make a huge difference setting the edge and, and pursuing on runs. But, um, God, they just have a lot of problems to, to fix before, uh, you know, before the, the end of the regular season. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you on Chris Jones. Uh, just a bad game all around. And pr- probably the, the worst opponent for him individually, right, with, uh, with, with what the Ravens did. Even, even with all the running back injuries the Ravens have, what Lamar Jackson can do, as long as you've got a competent running back back there, um, they're, they are, they're, they're a major threat. And – you know, there were t- there were times when I was I was watching Chris Jones and and a few times they just came right at him and forced him to to you know to make to, to make some kind of decision and he um, it, it, it kind of it seemed against the Ravens unlike the previous week the unfamiliarity with the position mattered uh, and and uh, just kind of didn't know what to do in in certain situations I think that changes on Sunday against the Chargers different kind of team. Um, different type of quarterback in, in Justin Herbert. I, I do think that we'll, uh, we'll we'll see Chris Jones rebound in, in this game. But um, so look, 
yes, all kinds of issues on, on defense that, that were exposed, that have been exposed in two games. I want to go back, Baje, to, to something you wrote um, and, 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 and talked about. Yes, uh, Steve Spagnuolo has a history of having his defenses improve during the season. And 2019 is a prime example, his first year as the defensive coordinator. And uh, I remember it, it took a while, right? It took uh, you know, more than two months into the season for the Chiefs defense to, to you know, mold into a, a, a Super Bowl winning defense. And I, I th- I, to me, it was the game at, at, in Mexico City that was a, a kind of a clear marker for the, the – they had four picks. The Chiefs ended up with four picks in that game. And I remember winning the game 24-17. And from then on, the defense was something you really could count on to, um, you know, to, to make a difference. And it was as Spagnola was saying yesterday, you know, they, they don't look at the yards. They don't, they don't look at the rankings. They, 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 they look at the score, right? And, and I remember him saying yesterday there was a 16, a 3, and a 3 in there, right? Points allowed in the second half of the season as, as that team was rolling toward the, the Super Bowl victory. So I don't know. I, I I, I, I asked this sort of as a walk-off question to Anthony Hitchens yesterday. Yeah, I, that 2019 defense really rounded into shape, but you were here in 2018 as well, and that defense never got into shape and ended up getting a beat in the, in the AFC championship game. So I guess my, my continuing thought is, does this defense have the potential to improve like in 2019, or are they going to – you know, climb the uphill battle the entire way like they did in, in 2018. I like that you left that little calling card out there for, for Anthony Hitchens just to, just to, you know, who knew you, he didn't really answer in depth, I don't think, but I think no. you, you said the shot across the bow just to <laughs> let it be known. And look, we, I don't know, we, we don't know. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll throw out this, this, uh, notion and let you guys pick it apart but by and large is this not the same same core by and large that they've had on defense is it not it's certainly continuity on the defensive coaching staff um have they aged out i don't think so are there a couple spots that are that really make them vulnerable yeah but i feel like that's how it's been um so I feel like they're working in a lot of ways with the same set of variables, but I think other teams are also getting better, understand them better. Um, so I feel like it's a, to me, it's a coin toss on whether they can just be good enough to, to not offset the offense, right? That's all they have to be in the end. You'd rather they'd be better than that and you get some breathing room, but I, I don't know. Uh, discuss, please. Well, that's the whole thing. They, they don't need to be, good against the they haven't been good against the run in like a decade uh, i mean they just like the chiefs have not stopped the run in a really long time they just need to not be atrocious like la- last year they were 17th if you go by yards per attempt they were 17th against the run last year that's fine <laughs> you know what i mean that, that that'll play um, and still top 10 points points allowed yeah 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 and you know the the best defensive player well one of the three best defensive players they have is Patrick Mahomes. Like he's the one, like, you know, if the offense gets going, then Chris Jones opens up and all these other things. Tyron Matthew can, can, can make more plays. Um, that's all they need. And, and so much of that, like all these things are intertwined, right? Like um, if you tackle better, 
It means you're better in the red zone. It means you're better against the run. I mean, there's just like these basics. We can make it as complicated as we want. And some of that gap assignment and all that stuff, that matters too. Jaron Reed needs to show up a little bit more. But, God, if, if they can just start with tackling <laughs> and just wrap up, take down, that's it. Like, I, I think that would be a, a, a huge step um, if we can see that this, this weekend. Yeah, you just said it, Sam. Uh, the red zone, that's something we haven't – we haven't mentioned yet. And Herbie, that's how, how bad has it been for the Chiefs defense in the red zone? <laughs> they're, they're a whopping eight for eight. I mean, my goodness. It, it, you just they're can't perfect. do that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a per- well, the opponents are perfect. The Chiefs right. certainly aren't perfect. Uh, they're just giving up way too much. And it, it just goes back to what we've been talking about here. And Sam nails it. You know, it's, it, if you can't stop the run, that's where it starts. You know, and then Jaron Reed said yesterday, or excuse me, on Wednesday, he had mentioned, you know, he, he's expecting the Chargers to come at them on the run because if they look at the last two games, what else are you going to do? You know, you got to go after what is a perceived weakness. And, you know, I, the last time I think the Chiefs were really good against the run was 2015. You know, we're talking about the days of Jay Howard, Mike DeVito, you know, those guys up front and Derek Johnson, Eric Berry. And so it's, it's been a while. And, it, it, we, you know, I remember in the press box, I turned to her, I was like, isn't this a storyline every year? You know, they suck against the run. And, yeah, it, it, it's been that way because it's, you know, when you're giving up eight for eight or, you know, people are scoring at will on you when they're inside the 20, you've got major issues. That, that 2015 team won 11 in a row, right, um, in, including the playoffs after starting one and five. Hey, hey, Sam, is this a matter of – is is draft strategy catching up with the Chiefs a little bit here and um, you think about you know where, where these defensive players have come from and where they were taken in the draft there hasn't been a is, is Marcus Peters the last player uh, defensive player the Chiefs took in the first round of course they haven't had many first round picks since Marcus Peters but in terms of just investing draft capital in in defensive players um, I start to think about that a little bit too yeah, um, although I, you know, you could say that they invested first-round picks into Frank Clark. Yeah, that's well, they did because they, they surrendered. Yeah, and, they surrendered. I, mean, they, I guess that's you know, if you want to get into roster building, I think they, um, and I'm not even trying to pull a Bill Self here, but he might double-check me, but I, I think the Chiefs are spending 49% of their cap space on defense, so it's. They're spending money. I think Chris Jones is like the third highest paid defensive player this season. Uh, Frank Clark is up there. Frank Clark has a $37 million cap hit in 2021. Um, so it's I, I think guys need to perform, you know, and, and the chief strategy has been, um, you know, like the Eagles. The year the Eagles beat the the Patriots in the Super Bowl, I know they gave up a ton of points, but it was just a, a, a ton of guys that can get to the quarterback. You know, um, the 49ers, you know, that's been the strategy is to, 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 to pressure the quarterback. And, you know, there's a bit of a, a balance here because when that doesn't happen, you don't have this other thing either. It's just the problems start to snowball a little bit. So um, I don't know. I, they've got good players. Like, I think Frank Clark is not the Frank Clark from Seattle. I think we, that, that's fair to say by now. Uh, but he can set the edge and he can get a TFL every once in a while. 
and Chris Jones is a freaking monster. And, and he can get to the quarterback. And Jaron Reed needs to be able to do his thing. And then, you know, Nick Bolton and, and whether it's Ben Neiman or Willie Gay Jr., uh, you know, next week in Philadelphia, right? Um, you know, those guys need to, to, to play up to it too. It's just um, – it's like they sort of just like one little crack – and that's like spreading into this cavern or whatever, uh, mixing metaphors. But um, the the guys are there, and I guess the guys have to be there because you know nobody's walking through that door except for you know Willie Gay Jr. So this this is the group they got to go with. Yeah, agreed. So Joy is scolding us. Good Lord, it was only their second game. She says, "You're right. <laughs> You're right." But but isn't it, isn't it interesting that? This is what this town has become. I was talking to our, our, our buddies in the newsroom, uh, Eric and Glenn, before coming in here, that, man, this week has been nothing but, you know, what's what was the Chiefs? What's wrong with the Chiefs? How are they going to fix it? I think when your ambition is to to win, a, 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 to be in the Super Bowl and, and be on the top, and, of course, the Chiefs have played in the last three AFC championship games, you look at the world differently, right? You, you, it's the view is different from the top than it is from the middle or the bottom, and um, you know, I, I I look at the Chiefs' rushing offense and Clyde Edwards. And you can make an, an argument they don't they don't need to run the ball any better than they're doing right now. What's wrong with their offense, right? Thirty three and thirty five points in two games, but going into the season, we thought that if an improved r- rushing offense would. Um, you know, it would, would be better all around for, for this team, right? It would uh, open things up in the passing game. I don't know how things could be more open in the passing game than, than what we've seen in two games. But still, um, it's it's better to talk about the Chiefs the way that we're talking about the Chiefs than, you know, than maybe the Houston Texans are talking about themselves on the Houston Chronicles uh, Sports Beat Live this morning. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, like, just – four years ago, right? Like it was just like, just get to the playoffs. And, you know, if you get the right set of breaks, you know, you know, maybe you can advance a little bit. And then the quarterback is now it's, you're in the playoffs and you've got to, you've got to guard against the wrong set of breaks holding you back. Like that's, that's the difference. Um, but I, I always think about this and joy is absolutely right. Like it's, it's, it's week two and not just week two, one game, but it's like, they were going to win that game. If Clyde Edwards Hilaire just does this with the ball, like they're going to win that game. Right. Um, but I also, I always think about this. There is not one person like a, a long-term like core part of that team, whether it's, you know, the quarterback, the head coach, the coaches, um, all the way, you know, Kelsey Hill, any of these guys, none of them will feel like it's a success if they've won their last Super Bowl. Right. Like that, that's, <laughs> <laughs> the 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 standards are just that's that's what it is like this group if all they get is one super bowl i know how stupid that sounds like to anybody that's been around kansas city for more than 15 minutes but if all they get is one super bowl i think people involved will feel like they failed in some way so the the standards are unrelenting and I, I'm saying that's a fantastic point I, t- I tend to agree with that too i mean you think about aaron Rodgers up there in green bay after they won that Super Bowl. Everybody's projecting Aaron Rodgers is the next next great thing, and he's going to win six, seven more, and it hasn't happened. And so that's a fantastic point. And if, if the Chiefs don't win more than one, you know, is this a, is this a success? Yeah, I remember, um, and I've tried to find it, and I just can't. Um, I need to just get into newspapers.com. But there was uh, the day the Packers beat the Steelers in that Super Bowl, right? 
Jordy and, Nelson uh, with a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I, I was there, actually. And I remember, like, that morning before the game, Bob McGinn, you know, the terrific, iconic uh, Packers beat writer, had a story um, that day about how, like, this was going to be, like, the worst Packers team of the next five years. That they were all, you know, everybody was young. Um, they had a ton of cap space. Like, they were just set up to just win the next million Super Bowls. And I remember, and, and Bob McGinn knows his stuff. Like, I'm not, this is not like a gotcha moment. Bob McGinn is one of the best that's ever done it. And, and the facts were all in the story. And I remember reading him like, holy crap, like everybody's playing for second place. Like, he is absolutely right. So, you know, you just, you never know, but that's, you know, that's the, you know, the the, the warning, right? Like, don't don't be like the Packers. And, and the Chiefs are pretty well set up because, um, you know, the quarterback, the GM, and the head coach are all together on this you know and that that's a pretty good place to start but then you still can't you know you, you got to spend efficiently and you got to draft well and, and and all those other things the chiefs are well set up but nothing's guaranteed i guess is the point here. the only thing i'd add is it, it's pretty unquestionably the best three-year stretch in chiefs history three year plus right i mean just because of the continuity of what they've done um they've won 26 of the last 29 games patrick mahomes has started and they really it took a a uh, ridiculous amount of things that were under their control to go wrong to lose that game by one point at Baltimore. I mean, I think they're pretty okay, and um, we'll, we'll see. But I, 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 I guess it, it's it's absolutely uh, remain it absolutely remains to be seen uh, what what they'll do with the, this this set of circumstances that are largely in their favor. But I, I, I just think that they're gonna. Um, they have every reason to be able to maximize it. And, um, but let's face it. I mean, the bar is this, if you don't, if they don't get to the Super Bowl, it's really a dud season. And if they don't win it, it's still going to be a big disappointment. So that's, that's, but that's how you want it to be. Right. Absolutely. That's how you want it to be. I would add to all of that, just that uh, in, in Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, they have they have two incredible players at the height of their powers right now, and uh, and, and there aren't probably not many examples in the history of the NFL where you had look we always talk about triplets and the threesomes or whatever you want to call it of, of, of offensive weapons uh, to have those three uh, playing at the level that they're playing where they're playing now is. It's it's incredible fortune and great timing and you know and, and and it's I'll tell you how fortunate it is. One of them was a fourth round pick. The other was was Tyreek a fifth or a sixth? I can't remember a, f- a fifth. And and of course and of course Patrick Mahomes wasn't the first quarterback taken in the draft that year. So um, all these examples of uh, just great fortune for the Chiefs. So. Yeah, the, the, the door is open. The window of opportunity is here. And, Joy, I appreciate you uh, uh, bringing, uh, being the voice of reason on, on this and sparking that discussion. All right, let's go just real quick. Uh, Sunday against the Chargers. Uh, every, every year I have to come up with uh, players to watch in, in, every, in each of the games this year. And every year I put Austin Eckler down for, um, you know, when, when the Chargers play the Chiefs. That guy – has had fantastic games against Kansas City. I, I enjoy watching him. I love his backstory. He was uh, uh, from 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 Colorado, went to Mesa State or something. Just something, it's a small school, but 
this guy torments the Chiefs. And when the Chiefs were having those big problems a couple of years ago with running backs out of the backfield as receivers, he was the he was the prime example of that. And he he still um, has more receiving yards than rushing yards uh, against the Chiefs in his career. So, however, just as I thought, I had an inkling that Baltimore would be ready to play last Sunday uh, because of coming off the disappointment of their opening game loss. I really think the Chiefs emotionally and uh, a, a, a week of laser focus uh, will will carry them to a uh, to to a victory on Sunday at Arrowhead, and they'll continue their mastery of the AFC West. Everybody kind of on board with the idea that the Chiefs are going to win this game on Sunday. Okay, all right. I'm heads are nodding for those of you who are <laughs> listening to this on the podcast. <laughs> I, I do think that uh, this game is like full of just like fantastically interesting matchups. You know, like if depending on how much Chris Jones plays that edge, Rashawn Slater looks like one of the best young left tackles in football. Um, I love like Derwin James. The fact that he's been hurt, like I hate. He is such a good player. And, and watching him against, you know, Kelsey and Hill and Mahomes and all these. I mean, there's just there's great matchups all over the field. Tyron Matthew is going to try and do something that Justin Herbert hasn't seen. I mean, it's there's just there's a lot of stuff, a um, little nerdy, but there's a lot of stuff that I think is going to be just so much fun to watch on Sunday. Here, here's something to remember, too. If Eckler goes down the sideline and Daniel Sorensen lines up against him, don't be surprised if Sorensen seals the game with another game clinching interception like he did in 2019. So Sorensen, like everybody, all the bad hype on Sorensen will disappear. A game in Mexico City, yeah, that was the the fourth of Philip Rivers' four interceptions uh, that night. So, okay, it is funny. He, he does have a knack for those things. It's sort of like to yeah. Sam's Barry Bonds uh, analogy. He'll swing big. His whole career is full of just getting trashed on Twitter for three quarters and then making like the biggest play of the game. Like that has happened so many times. It's unbelievable. I'll tell you how weird this, uh, this series has been in the last few years. Um, so Patrick Mahomes beats everybody, right? And, and he has a winning record against the Chargers. But when you think about um, the last three or four games that these guys have played against each other, it was the defense that won it in Mexico City. It was Harrison Butker who won it last year in L.A. with two 58-yard field goals, including the walk-off in overtime. And the game at Arrowhead in 2019, uh, McCole Hardman had a 104-yard kickoff return that right after the Chargers had taken a lead, he turned the game around with a kickoff return. So defense and special teams have come up big for the Chiefs against the Chargers uh, over the years. Interesting game in that the, it's the Raiders and the Broncos who are 2-0 and and atop the AFC West. Chiefs and Chargers are 1-1, and which means the loser guaranteed to be in last place in the AFC West on um, at the end of Sunday. So, all right, we will we'll wrap it up there. Big thanks to Vahe Gregorian, Herbie Teope, and Sam Mellinger. Big shout out to Candy Bolton who produced today's show. Thanks a lot, Candy. And um, and thank to all, thanks to all you that, that, uh, that with your questions and comments. And please remember, we're going to be doing this on Fridays at 930. But the next time we'll talk to you is after the Chiefs game Sunday uh, at the, against the Chargers at Arrowhead Stadium. Take care, and we'll talk to you on Sunday. 
That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. And Candy Bolton was our producer for today's Sportsbeat Live. Tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian, Sam Mellinger, and Herbie Teope for talking Chiefs. Links to their stories and about the Chiefs can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, I wanted to call your attention to something that's relatively new. It's called the Morning Sports Edition. You know about the Star Z edition, you probably even get it. That's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the E-edition and there's a box in the upper right-hand corner, you click on that, you get about 15 to 20 pages of updated sports news. Hey, maybe you get it as a link in your email. Either way, it's access to complete coverage of the previous day's sports news, features, statistics, everything. It's fantastic, especially as the baseball season winds down. So, hey, thanks for listening and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. We'll be back on Monday to break down the Chiefs game against the Chargers.